Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. And today we have back with us none other than Dr. R.B. Maynard coming in hot with a verse-by-verse edition. How's it going, Dr. R.B. Maynard? It's good. It's good. Been a while. It's summer. It's Well, actually, it's kind of cool and nice, but uh, we have had some vicious weather here in uh, southern Missouri the past few weeks, but finally cooled down. So, yep. Too early for that kind of heat. It has been a, uh, a few weeks. We've had all kinds of madness going on, but we have get, been giving you those missionary uh, edition episodes of the Grace Point Daily Podcast. I really hope that you guys check those out. They have been really, really good. The testimonies and the stories of those missionaries. Please go back and listen to those. Even Dr. R.B. Maynard got on one of those, right, Dr. R.B.? I did get on one of them. That was a lot of fun. So check those out. And uh, uh, got my, I'm trying to think, what do I have to say here? Got my Bass Pro Shop on today hat, my, yeah. my Bass Pro Shop hat. You're somebody. Yeah, I am. My wife hates it. She called it ugly. I was very offended that she called my Bass Pro Shop hat ugly. Yeah. Anyway, she's hard to impress. What does she know? <laughs> so anyway, we're going to get at it. We just get into the word. And Dr. RB, any other exciting news in your life you need to tell the audience about? Not much exciting. I got to release a skunk today. That's the most exciting thing in my life. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a good old Southwest, Southern Missouri thing to do. Mm-hmm. So praise God. Let's get into it. We're in Second Kings. Second Kings 219. It's been two or three weeks since we did this, so if you're following along, we'll have to you'll have to uh, backtrack a little bit and find out what's going on. But really, it was a good uh, transition time the last time because we mentioned the phrase "exit Elijah and enter Elisha." We talked about that with uh, uh, it's kind of that way with pastors, new pastors, and uh, new bosses, different places. You know, you can't always expect things to remain the same when you've got somebody new. So, so that's, uh, it just, it mentions that Elijah's gone, Elisha comes in, and then the very next uh, thing, it says, the men of the city said to Elisha, look, our Lord, this town is well situated, as you can see, but the water's bad, and the land is unproductive. So, a uh, great place to live, but bad water, and if you've ever, uh, you know, Stella's business is in Nevada, and of course, I knew it before I met her, but the water up there is terrible. Okay. Uh, Nevada, El Dorado <laughs> Springs, it's very sulfur kind of taste and smell. And uh, we even, if we make coffee up there, we even bought bottled water to make the coffee because mm. it still smells bad. So it's drinkable, but that's not going to be the, the case here. And it is one thing, uh, you know, before they were kind of treating Elisha like he was uh, like the well, he was second in command to Elijah, but he didn't get a lot of respect either. And uh, so uh, at this point, Elijah's gone. Now all of a sudden, you know, my Lord, they're calling him my Lord, and, you know, they begin to show him some respect because he's the next guy uh, in line. The King James says about that, it says, the water is not and the ground is barren, and that phrase is causing to, it means cause to miscarry. The trees grew, but the fruit fell off. The women and cattle became abortive that drank it. So it was a poisonous, uh, in some sense, I mean, obviously it probably wasn't killing people, but it was a poisonous uh, water. So, um, you know, whether it just became that way or whether uh, there's some believe that way back with uh, Joshua that there was a curse on the land, uh, that the water had been that way for a long time. So we don't know that for sure, lots of speculation. But 
Uh, but they come to Elijah or Elisha uh, with this problem. So in 20 through 22, it says, Bring me a new bowl, he said, and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring and threw the salt into it, saying, This is what the Lord says. I have healed this water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the water has remained wholesome to this day, according to the word Elisha had spoken. So this is, uh, you know, bring me a new bowl. This is a little bit like, you know, even back then there was magicians and a lot of trickery that went on. Uh, a lot of people trying to impress somebody and say that their God did something. Uh, but this is, so this is like, bring me a new deck of cards. You know, this is not a, a deck that has, has been uh, uh, tampered with. Same thing with the bowl. You know, if, if it had been something else, he could have put something in there that would temporarily uh, purify the water. So, Like Pastor Justin, our children's pastor, all those yeah, tricks he does. Yeah, those tricks. <laughs> we know, they're not tricks. He's really a magician. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This was called a miracle within a miracle because there's a miracle of healing water, uh, of healing the water, but it's also a miracle that it was done with salt because salt makes water undrinkable. So, you know, this is another one of those, I don't know why God does things the way he does things. Um, I I think sometimes it adds to the, the proof, you know, maybe that somebody would, uh, say there was some kind of a trick or it wasn't a permanent thing, um, but it would, and not only make the water undrinkable, but it would kill the plant life. You can't water your flowers with salt water. I mean, obviously it's going to kill things, but, um, and this is, you don't want to say that Elijah and Elisha were uh, able to proclaim their own miracles. That's not the the idea, but but some of these prophets were so, uh, I guess, in tune with what the Lord, that it was almost as if they could proclaim something and, and then God would fulfill it. And there was actually a belief that that happened. Not that, not that it made them God or that it made them superior to God, but that God just gave them that leniency, I guess, mm-hmm. to proclaim something and then he would do it. I know it says, thus saith the Lord, but then it says, according to the word of Elisha. And so when Elijah uh, was talking about drought, and then when he was talking about the rain and all those things, it was as if he was saying that, and then the Lord would just fulfill what what they said. Uh, It'd be a little bit like, and I guess it's a different scenario with Jesus, that he said, I only do what the Father says. But there were times that that he proclaimed things and it didn't say he stopped and he said, God, what would you have me to do in this instance? And, and I know that was a different scenario because he was the son of God. But still, uh, some of these people were able to proclaim things and God fulfilled these things that they, uh, mm-hmm. that they spoke. And, so, uh, and then it talks about the water being pure to this day. And people, you have to remind yourself that when you read the scripture, that doesn't mean to this day on everything. Uh, some things uh, were for a season or for you know for many years, but then eventually that changed. But if you look at uh, there's in uh, in Israel there's a spring called Elisha's Spring, and one of the uh, well it's a Jewish writer from Oxford. His name's Mondrell, 
It says its waters at present receive in a basin about nine or ten paces long, five or six wide, and from thence issuing out in good plenty, divide themselves into several small streams, dispersing their refreshment to all the fields between this and Jericho and rendering it exceedingly fruitful. And so, uh, you know, I don't know how long ago that was written, but that was written in our time, not in biblical times, to say that that spring, not only uh, for a certain number of years, but that spring is still today a fruitful spring. And so, uh, so it is, you know, interesting that sometimes those miracles are for a season, and sometimes they last for, well, uh, the rainbow, you know, that's thousands of years ago. But we still have a rainbow that God placed in the sky. People, ex- you know, can explain that away. And, oh, no, that's just the mist and the way the sun hits it. And But, you know, the Bible tells us that God placed that there yeah. as a reminder. And so, uh, so some things do um, carry on to today. Some things are for those seasons in the Bible. But verse 23, 24, from there Elisha went up to Bethel. As he was walking along the road, some youths came out of town and jeered at him. Go on up, you bald head, they said. Go on up, you bald head. He turned around, looked at them, called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Then two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the youths. <laughs> now, uh, this is... I love these Bible stories. <laughs> I know this is, uh, you tell your children, make sure you don't make fun of a bald headed man, you know, and, and I don't, I don't know everything behind that, but this is, you know, we talk about, uh, bullies today. I mean, all these, these things have been around for forever. Yeah. I mean, there's always been a bully and these, it it says kids, but, uh, uh, the Hebrew, uh, says little boys, it still doesn't mean it. that could have to do with the size of a person or, or something like that. It still doesn't mean they were like little kids because I think obviously they have to be old enough to know better. Yeah. I mean, for your kids to do that at six years old, you know, yeah, that's kind of bad. And you would say, hey, that's not nice and you shouldn't do that. But I seriously doubt that. God's going to send a bear to, <laughs> uh, you know, to kill your kids because they made fun of a bald-headed man, mm-hmm. whether he was a prophet or whatever. Now, uh, you know, older people, some say these guys were 30 or 40 years old that uh, that were doing this. And so it's a, it, yeah, I guess it's a story about bullying, but this is, number one, it's a prophet of God that they're that they're doing this to. And again, I don't know why in this instance, you know, other things, I, I think that's why we have to be so careful about what we do because we never know when God's punishment's going to be immediate. Right. <laughs> I mean, we better, you better be careful about your, your sin. You know, some people uh, drive drunk and get away with it numerous times. Mm-hmm. Other people drive drunk and they get killed or they get paralyzed or, uh, or they harm someone else. I mean, there's lots of things that people do that... Um, uh, that are instant on punishment, but um, this is—he's at Bethel. He's kind of backtracking from where they went. They went Bethel, Jericho, Jericho back to Bethel. Those kind of things. He's backtracking uh, on his way back home, I guess, making stops at each place. But you know, and I—I I always ask these questions: Why doesn't God? And maybe He does, and we don't hear about things. But why doesn't God 
act like this now. You know, with what we've seen in the last year with uh, rioting and looting and, uh, you know, the things that have, uh, I mean, burning Bibles and burning flags and killing Christians. I mean, when do you ever hear that God sent a bear, (laughs) if you would, to kill 42 of these to... I'm sure that taught these guys a lesson that you, well, definitely taught them a lesson, but I'm sure it was a story for all the ages Yeah, that you wow. better not be making fun of the prophet. I don't think it was about making fun of people with bald heads. <laughs> I think it was making fun of, of the prophet and, and going up, I, again, go on up. I don't know if that had to do with, you know, up the mountain to Bethel or what that had to do with it. Some of them think that means, why don't you just... Why don't you just go on like Elijah did? Mm-hmm. You know, why don't you just go on up in the sky? Like, I mean, I think there was probably more to it than just you bald head. Yeah, I, there was probably more to this in in making fun. And you know, we joke about and there's sarcasm. I mean, you know, I might uh, make a joke about you being a, a bad pastor. Mm-hmm. Well, people know that's a joke, and what makes it sarcasm is the fact that it's so ridiculous. Yeah, but some people don't get that. You know, I can say something like that, and somebody, oh man, you know, Rick Mayer's not very respectful to, you know, to the pastor. They don't get the the sarcasm or right. whatever. I don't think these guys were. I don't think it was sarcasm. Yeah, this was flat out making fun of uh, of the prophet, and I can't imagine. It says two bears came out of the woods and mauled forty two of the forty two. I mean, you would think. It's a lot. Some of them get away, or, <laughs> I mean, how does that happen that he killed 42 uh, with two bears? Again, the miraculous, I don't know how all that went down, but I think that's another, if you would, another story or another scripture about uh, you better be kind of honoring the man of God. You better be careful about, um, you know, touching God's anointed, if you would. And, YouTube videos yet to be discovered in the Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. So anyway, that's, well, there was one more verse. Uh, and he went to Mount Carmel and from there returned to Samaria. So again, it's just all backtracking uh, where him and Elijah had been. And now he's Well, and Elisha, one other, Elisha didn't tell the bears to stop or, right. you know what I'm saying? Like right. he's seen the miraculous. He could have been like, Lord, stop those bears in your name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> He could have put a stop to all of it if he, yeah. I mean, it says by his word, well, by the word of the Lord, but he's the one again who, uh, we don't have a story about, well, God divinely inspired Elisha to, uh, he saw in a vision some bears coming out of the woods and killing 42. I mean, we don't have all that. This is pretty quick, mm-hmm. you know, by the word of the Lord, this is what happened. So, so second Kings chapter three, uh, Again, another pretty quick change in the story. You know, sometimes one chapter leads right to the next, and then sometimes it's a a big change. So this is uh, really a big change. I mean, you go right from the bears mauling these guys uh, to talking about who these kings were again. So uh, 3.1 says, Joram, son of Ahab, we remember Ahab is the evil guy, became king of Israel in Samaria in the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and he reigned 12 years. So there's not much um, not much information there, but Jehoshaphat 
has not been a great man either. And we see this all through uh, these guys, these different people who became kings. They're not all uh, great people. I mean, we have that same issue with our presidents. We can say, well, if God's in control and God places people, you know, we, we say God places people in authority, then how come they're not all godly, God-fearing men? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because for whatever reason, it, sometimes it's a punishment on the, the nation for what they've done. But So neither one of these guys, I mean, Joram, the son of Ahab, Ahab's not a good man. Uh, Jehoshaphat, uh, basically he deserved to die. Uh, if you want to backtrack and read about Jehoshaphat, you can see where because of the things he did, he probably deserved to die. But for whatever reason, God spared him, and, and he's still... He's still the king of Judah. Um, but the one thing with Jehoshaphat that he had learned, he had learned some humility, and it's, it's kind of a small thing, but most of the time when it, when it talks about Jehoshaphat or Ahab, or it always says King Ahab or King of Judah or King of Israel, and, and even these guys talking about themselves would say, uh, I am... Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, or I am Ahab, king of Israel. You know, those, those type, I am uh, Jeremiah Johnson, pastor of Grace Point, mm-hmm. you know. But out of humility, it, it says that he, from that point on, he ceased to call himself the king. Other people spoke about him as the king, uh, king of Judah, but he never refers himself to king of Judah again. And it's, it's out of uh, feeling like he doesn't deserve that. And I, I've always said for me, um, you know, used to the church was Brother Maynard, Sister Maynard, uh, you know, all the adults you called them brother and sister. And people would say uh, something to me about Brother Maynard. And uh-huh. I was always like, that's my dad. Yeah. You know, that's, I'm not Brother Maynard. And, uh, you know, I don't, I mean, I do get the respect of Dr. That is R. right. B. I mean, I do Pastor get Rachel. that. Yeah, Pastor Rachel. So, <laughs> Recognize. Yes, yes. And I, you know, and I believe in that. Um, I, I think we've talked about before, I, uh, lots of people would refer to the doctors. You know, I talked to Dr. Pete the other day or, or I talked to Pete the other day, and you're like, who? Well, Dr. Dr. Richardson, you know, or something. I, Pete. I talked to Pete. Well, I'm not sure you really are on a first-name basis, but, <laughs> uh, but some, people, uh, some people believe that. But anyway, as, as far as calling themselves the king or the pastor or whatever, 2 and 3 says, He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, but not as his father and mother had done. He got rid of the sacred stone of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, he clung to the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nabat, which he had caused Israel to commit. He did not turn away from them. So, you know, that, that word but or nevertheless uh, usually is a, a negative thing. Pastor so-and-so was a good man. But. but. <laughs> or nevertheless, he did such. You know, go ahead. Yeah, this sounds uh, it sounds so bad. I was at a funeral yesterday, mm-hmm. 
And I have so many great ideas to make for my next My Death video. It's oh, going to be awesome. Okay. <laughs> you should attend a lot and, of funerals. And, yeah. Uh, isn't that so bad? I'm at a funeral yesterday thinking like, okay, my next death video, yeah. I have so many great ideas I'm going to make, characters I'm going to have in the video uh-huh. uh, that, you know, should I die, it's going to be great presentation not, not many people get inspiration <laughs> at the funeral i uh, i did i felt really weird and bad about it and uh to those people it's a hard time but like yeah yeah hey nothing <laughs> wrong with that i mean you're preaching sermons and things at funerals there's nothing wrong with getting inspiration there too i guess but uh but anyway that nevertheless word is usually a bad word you know we have you know there's there's great uh preachers evangelists televangelists there are some great men who preached great sermons who failed. Mm-hmm. And we can say he was a great man, but he had this thing. He was a great man. Nevertheless, he cheated on his wife or he, whatever the, you know, embezzled money or uh, something. And, and, you know, I, I hate it that I have, I know I've heard people say I have no regrets. Yeah. You know, I do. I mean, <laughs> I wish I didn't have those nevertheless moments in my life. Yeah. You know, I wish that I could say in whatever area, I was pure in that area. I I served the Lord through my teenage years. I never got caught up in whatever the case may be. I mean, I, I didn't get heavy into drugs, but I did take some drugs when I was a teenager. Well, you know... Hey, Rick's a good guy. He goes to church. I mean, and I'm talking about as a teenager. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in, I mean, even as a teenager, when I did those things, I, I still never missed church. You know, I still was always in Sunday school. I, you know, I, I worked, I mowed grass, I did things, I went to school. I, you know, I was productive. I was a pretty good kid in, in every way. But then I'd have that, nevertheless, mm-hmm. he, took drugs. Nevertheless, he was drunk. You know, um, I wish I didn't have those. Nevertheless. Now I know God can turn those things. And yeah, you know, the old joke about, about, uh, sinning was always, I'm just building my testimony. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someday I'll talk about how I used to <laughs> sin and God delivered me from that. Mm-hmm. Well, I wish I didn't have that. Right. You know, now again, God uses it for for his good now but i'm sure he didn't say back when i was a teenager now rick i want you to sin so that someday you'll help somebody else get through something um so i have a lot of those nevertheless moments in my life that i Mm -hmm. wish that i wish i didn't have but um but the the there were two types of sin or or what you'd call the big sin of israel and number one was worshiping idols and we've been over that and over it. All of these guys, that was their biggest sin, was uh, worshiping idols. And then the other thing was was deviating from what God said, what God exactly said. And, you know, we, we do that very thing with so many sins. We say, well, I know that's what God said, but, well, it goes all the way back to the garden. Did God really say? Yeah. Did is that really what God meant? You know, when he, um, drinking is a, a prime example. Well, and again, I, well, I'm not here to tear apart somebody who 
ever lets a drop of alcohol touch their mouth. I don't mm-hmm. mean to be uh, legalistic in that sense, but so many people, well, they drank in the Bible. They got drunk in the Bible. They drank wine. Mm-hmm. They drank fermented. Jesus turned drink. the water into wine. Right. I mean, he, was he, it fermented? Yeah. If he didn't mean <laughs> for us to drink, he wouldn't have. What was the alcohol level? Yeah. Jesus. I mean, you know, there's all those things, but it's usually that that whole idea of deviating from what God said. Did God really say? Mm-hmm. That's what that was the first words that we know that Satan spoke to Eve. Did God really say? Yeah. You know, not to, is that, in other words, is that really what God meant? I mean, a little, I mean, what's the harm in, in fruit? Maybe you misunderstood what God said. And there's so many things that, yes, there's some, there's some things that, that are debatable, you know, when it comes to, to what people call mm-hmm. sin. There's some things that, yes, it's debatable, and what did God really mean? But when you catch yourself trying to, excuse what you're doing by twisting what God said, uh, that's, a, that's a different ground. And that's, that's what they would do um, when they had the, the two golden calves. Well, there were two cherubs, you know, over the Holy of Holies. Well, why it was probably, in a sense, well, if two cherubs are okay, two calves would be okay. I mean, yeah. it's taking a little of uh, of the Bible, a little of what God says, and saying, "Well, this must be okay." And that's, I mean, for someone like me, that's how I thought when I was not saved. You know, that mm-hmm. I mean, that that's that's non-saved thinking. I would, you know, when I was saved, I was like, "Wait, I'm I'm right with God. No, I'm fine with God." Or right, right. you know, I can. Or I had my moment when I realized I needed Jesus. Well, I can just do both. Or mm-hmm. so I really challenge people if that's where you're at spiritually, uh, if you're trying to always work around God mm-hmm. or trying to get him to work around your lifestyle and your choices, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't sound like you have a real solidified right. relationship with Christ because the, you know, the point is when we become a Christian and follow of Christ, the, the real heart cry of our life then becomes like, God, how can I give everything that I have to you right. Right. and live this life of self-sacrifice? I mean, it's, it's kind of funny with my boys that they're seven years old, uh, and every once in a while, <laughs> yeah, I throw things out at them that I know that they're not talking about. So whether they there be naughty or something the other day, I'm like, listen, Hezekiah, God's called us to a life of service. Okay. <laughs> like I'm sure saying, like, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but it was like, I try to be like, listen, we're servants now. Like, uh-huh. like that's all, that's our whole life is right. serving. Like right. that's what a Jesus follower is. It's a life that's intended to serve other people. And so when people that just a whole mentality of just always trying to get God, you know, get God to be conducive right. to our lifestyle. We're not, you know, it's get, get shut down online for saying stuff like this, but it's kind of a lot of the, the some of the pride stuff, you know, mm-hmm. being pride month is, is just a lot of, I don't even like that word. You know, it's just pride is not a, a biblical word that we connect with mm-hmm. anyway, you right. know, but then it's a celebration of living the way you want to live. Right. You know, that, right. that concept is not, it's not a biblical concept, so I don't need to talk about uh, any of the um, identities or sins, but mm-hmm. just the concept of celebrating living the way that you want to live is not something that right. a follower of Christ should connect with. Right. Well, the, the, the old question that, especially teenagers, but adults too, the question is, can I do this and still go to heaven? 
mm-hmm. you know, or if I do this, will I go to hell? And I, you know, I've said it many, many times, but the question really should be, can I do this and please God? Will God be pleased? Not, not everything has to be a heaven or hell issue, mm-hmm. but if we have a relationship with somebody, it's, I've used the example of, of a husband and wife. If, you know, if I'm going to cheat on my wife and I know she would be hurt, but she's not going to leave me. Well, so would I go ahead and cheat because it would hurt her? But I could say, well, I know she's not going to leave me, so I'm going to go ahead and cheat. Well, why do, why do we not have that same concept with God? I know he's always going to be there, but he'd be unhappy if I did this thing, if I participated in this thing. Why wouldn't I say, I, don't, I just don't want him to be unhappy with me. I want him to be pleased. Yeah. If I really love him, I want him to be pleased with me, not just, am I going to go to heaven or am I going to go to hell? I mean, how many things, how many sins would we go ahead and do if we knew we could get away with it as far as I still get to go to heaven? You know, people think, I'm okay if I get into heaven by the skin of my teeth as long as I get into heaven. Well, I'm not sure sure there's going to be a getting in by the skin of your teeth. Yeah. You know, um, I don't yeah. think it comes down to, if it does, then you're into the legalistic things. But And I don't know if we've talked about this before, but this uh, sacred stone of Baal, it's a, it, the stone was always something to, to idolize. So whether it was carved, uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, we think of the statues of Buddha or something along that line. It doesn't even have to be something that would be, carved into a shape, but just something you would set up and say, this is where I sacrifice, this is uh, this represents my God, whether or not it's a, a picture of something or not. And so, uh, so the stone didn't have to be, but, but when they excavated, uh, they, what they believe are the gates to the shrine of Baal, uh, there, was, there were stone toilets placed where the idol temple was removed, it was symbolic to, uh, the, the word here was symbolic to sully the place. And if you look at, and I think we talked about this before somewhere, but 2 Kings 10.27 says, They demolished the sacred stone of Baal and tore down the temple of Baal, and the people have used it for latrine to this day. Uh, and then the calves that were, were found there had their horns removed. In other words, those sacred calves that they set up to worship with Baal, uh, they'd taken the horns off of them to symbolize the destruction of the temple of Baal at some point. And, uh, you know, I, I again, I think we talked about this, but it's it would be a little bit like if, and I know we, don't, we wouldn't even, we really wouldn't even think of doing this, but it would be kind of like a business, say a business on the square, a uh, a bar where people had been drunk, where people had, uh, you know, all kinds of things had gone on, or even a, a, a place on the square where they had a satanic church or they sold satanic things. And once the business closed down, you go up there and set an outhouse or a toilet on the front steps up there, and they said people would actually go by and use the toilet. I mean, that's what that scripture says. It was mm-hmm. used 
uh, <laughs> is used for a latrine yeah. to this day, not our day, but mm-hmm. to that day, that it was so repulsive to the people that I can't think of much of anything else that you could do <laughs> to a, a temple area. You know, I have rental property, and I've dealt with some some dirty toilets. <laughs> but to think about that you would just set a toilet on the front steps, and that, I mean, in our culture today, if we did that, all oh, we're, we're holy people, and we're going to go up there and put a toilet in front of that bar that used to be there mm-hmm. as a reminder <laughs> that this was an awful place. Well, somebody in the city would pick that up, and, I mean, that wouldn't be allowed to go on. But, you know, it was just a different culture and a different time and a different temple and a different way of worship, all those things that were going on back then. Uh, evidently, that was used for a long time, that toilet set there, and people would actually use it yeah. to make a statement that this was a, a disgusting place to worship Baal, the god of Baal there. And so, so anyway, yeah. we better wrap it up there. We'll it's, wrap it up on the toilet. Today. I'm, I'm really munching on the thought, uh, even this morning of how do we, and again, I don't really want to dive into it, <laughs> say, say it politically correct, but I was thinking about a lot of these, okay, there was this other day, someone coming out and celebrating something that is seemingly opposed to what the Bible says as mm-hmm. a right way of living. Well, let me right. put it that way. Right. And the individual said, I can't wait for the days where we don't even need to do, you know, I don't even need to make this video. I don't need, mm-hmm. basically kind of saying, I can't wait for the day where this, this and everything else is just acceptable. Right, right. And, you know, and then, not the flip side, but then the, the thinking being, if you don't agree with that, you're like this hater, right. horrible person. Right. But how do we live, how do we live in a culture, it's like, well, how can I, interact with this culture where there's things I significantly disagree with, Mm -hmm. but it's not, I'm not a hateful person. Right. Right. You know, and still have this, uh, you know, disdain, disgust. You you know, you get what I'm saying? It's like our, our culture is just acclimating itself to sin Mm -hmm. so quickly and so fast. How do we, you know, and I, and I, I know people who are opposed to God and standards of God's word Mm -hmm. are going to call us haters anyway, you know, know. regardless of the fact, but, you know, it's kind of being like, well, I don't, what is hate? Hate, you know, I, I don't agree with this mm-hmm. thing, uh, some of these sins, some of these lifestyles, because they, from, from what I read in God's word, they're not lifestyles that are acceptable, please, right. pleasing and honoring to the Lord. And there are things that I should stay far from. And right. people, I should stay, not stay far from them as far as physical space, you know, mm-hmm. like I can't right. interact or talk to that person or interject with them, but having this mindset of like, this doesn't please God. Right. And, and, and then being, being able to vocalize it. I should, you know, because the God wants me to be bold in mm-hmm. what I stand for and what I believe. And so I think it's just, it's very scary. It's very interesting. You know, even if we're making, you know, putting a podcast out like this, like managing that, you know, in this right. culture, um, even, even the last few minutes of what I said, I didn't even come out and say right. what I'm addressing specifically. I'm sure people could read into my words and be like, Oh, he's talking about, that uh so man it's just like lord help us uh help us to you know be radical followers of you to shun you know turn away from evil to Mm -hmm. not even even ever i don't want to get the thought of like oh you know maybe maybe god is okay with this Mm -hmm. 
It's like, no, God's not okay with this. God is not okay with this stuff. And we can look from Old Testament to New Testament. We can see that there's not a blessing. Right. There is not a blessing in this. There is not a right. blessing in this lifestyle. There's not, a, uh, there's not a blessing in this sin. There's not a, a blessing in this way of thinking or living a life like this. And, you know, as followers of Christ, we have to keep, you know, uh, standing firm and, we have to understand, I love the way the Psalms have said it, because the Psalms has had the same struggle over and over again. It's like, man, why are the wicked perishing? And mm-hmm. the, the favor of God, <laughs> the favor seems to be on them. But mm-hmm. I have to understand that in the end, God is just. In the end, everyone is going to get their just due for the life they live, for right. God or not for God. So anyway, so challenged with that. And I pray that God will give us wisdom, boldness to just keep stepping up and standing out in this world and, right. and to, to radically show the love of Christ. I hope, all, I hope at the end of the day that someone who disagrees with me sees a Jesus-loving person, uh, but I still got to stand too, so right. Right. for whatever that's worth. But, you know, take all that good stuff Dr. R.B. Maynard gave you today. We appreciate you listening to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. Talk to you guys next time.